Yo, what's up, everybody? What's going on? Welcome to the show. Jump Street episode 135, like we just established. Right? Wow, 135. Woo! And we're having it with a very special guest who we had on episode two. In the same spot. Yeah, same spot. <laughs> Over four years ago. Damn, four years ago. Crazy to think about. A lot has changed in four years. Do you mind if I shut down the podcast really quick? Oh my quick? God, already? We, we are... 40 seconds in? Okay, fine. Everybody, it's Austin's birthday. Hey, Hello. we didn't have to do that. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy birthday, We man. did last year's podcast on your birthday, too. Yeah. And uh, at your place. In, oh, that's crazy. We did it at your place in Long Beach on your yep. birthday. Now we're here on my birthday. Crazy. Welcome to my birthday party, everybody. Thank you for joining. That's awesome. <laughs> we got to do something. We got to get some food after this, some pizza. Oh, the pizza. Yeah, we didn't have any pizza. We got to do pizza. Well, I got to thank my lovely girlfriend. She uh, ordered me lunch before. So I had a little sandwich before we started and a cupcake. That's really sweet. Yeah. Well, here we go. Episode 135. We got a lot going on this episode. Like I said, we have a very special guest. I'm very excited to have CK down here. We've had him on with his brother two different times, but this is the first time we're having just Colin on. So I'm very excited for this episode. Um, we got a lot coming up. We have a WTF. We have all this stuff, but first, as you know, I got to say my spiel. So please, if you don't already, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We have a Facebook. You can give us a like. You can go to our YouTube page. You can hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. So when we do have these episodes, you can get an alert, an alert on your phone. We have an iTunes. You can listen to us while you're at work. It's audio complete. And uh, if you like what you're hearing, you can give us a five-star rating. You can give us a review. And we really appreciate that. It helps give us a little boost. And we all we also have a Patreon. If you would like to be a member of our Patreon community, you could do so for three dollars a month. When you become a Patreon, we have exclusive content. We do uh, trick tips. We call them inside outs. We have section reviews with our guests. We're gonna hopefully watch one or two things with Colin after the episode today. So I'm excited for that. And when you become a Patreon member, you automatically get entered in our monthly giveaway. We do this every month, and you could win something for free from our online store. Whether it's one of the lovely five panel hats that Austin has on right now, one of the nice shirts that Austin has on right now, oh, I got it all. <laughs> he's, he's, like a walking billboard, over or there. one of you know one of these lovely mugs that we all have in front of us. So <laughs> that's the spiel. Oh, that's the spiel. Well, thank you for the spiel. Um, according to my notes right here, we have two new Patreon supporters. I got to thank real fast before we continue. Anthony B and Sri. I'm going to mess this one up. I should have practiced this one. Shri Vaishnav. <laughs> Thank you so much for supporting the show and uh, in this podcast. Uh, let's give a shout out to our sponsor for this episode. I want to give a shout out to Blank for sponsoring this episode. Everybody, it's the holiday season. Please, if you haven't already, check out the new Blank 2023 Team Skate in uh, Pigeon Blue colorway, which is a very unique color. Um, I like, I relate to how they do the 2023 team skate. It's like a car. It's like the year before, like you gotta get the 2023 model, you know, not the 2022s. Those are old. Those are right. outdated. Right. <laughs> the 2023. Um, check it out. Also, Sean Keen, uh, blank team rider, just put out a new promo for his pro skate, which is also a uh, blank skate, all black, um, flat rocker set up with the hydrogen wheels. So check that out also. But the team skate is also out now. Should be available worldwide now in all sizes because the Sean Key skate um, was a beta model before, so there wasn't uh, full sizes available. So if you ever interested before and you couldn't get them, check out the blank 2023 Team Skate, um, available worldwide right now. Give them a follow on Instagram at Blank Rolling Products and check out their website for more info as well. Uh, BlankRollingProducts.com. So thank you for sponsoring this episode. 
It was a beta model. Now it's an alpha model. <laughs> it's ready to go. That's how we do it. It's ready to take over. That's how we do it. Nah, that new part that Sean put out was really sick too. He yeah, had, he had the Ali ride to forward ride. Yeah, to Peaky. He's yeah. He always like just surprises us every time he puts out a new edit. Yeah. And you, we both mentioned on the show many times that he's like one of our favorite skaters and most interesting to watch out there. Yep. So check out that that promo by Sean Keen. Definitely. And also, it's uh, Sunday, and I know a lot of our favorite skate companies are doing some Black Friday sales that go into the weekend, and today might be the last day for some. It's the last day for ours at Heavy Distribution. We have a Black Friday sale going on, so you could get 20% off on shirts, hats, or the John Bellino V1 skates. So, uh, yeah, anyone who wants to do some Black Friday shopping, there's some great deals going around the whole community, and at heavydistribution.com. So you can check that out, and today is our last day. Let's also move on to our uh, WTF this week, which I don't think this person has had a WTF yet, which is surprising in a way. Right. Right? Am I wrong? No, I think it's great that he has a WTF. It is great. Um, This week's WTF is brought to us by Patreon supporter Jeremy Bambry, and we have none other than Chris Edwards. Um, Again, how would you call this? Um, 270 like Unity on a vert ramp, but one foot's doing a toe slide on top, and one of them is on the ramp itself, avoiding the coping with both feet. Yeah, it's really wild to see Chris do this. Like this, you know, uh, no shin guards too. By the way, this really shocked me when I saw this clip because it comes up like a like a two seventy back Unity. Yeah, exactly. I guess is what you call it. But he just yeah, he drags the toe and he kind of slides the other foot. Dude, that's like like a two seventy backslide slide. Is that an old school trick of his or is that like a new one? I don't know. Because a lot of his old school tricks are like new school ones now because of the way he skated back in the day was very different, very innovative. Yeah, I don't know. And now that's like the style. I don't know what that's called, but it it was really impressive. I don't know. That's crazy. So it is. Shout out to, to Chris Edwards for that one. Hell yeah, Chris. Congrats on being WTF. Now you could add that to your, um, what do you call that? List of achievements. achievements. I was gonna say um, resume. Your skate resume. Yeah, your skate resume of achievements. Now you're qualified for any other movies you want to be in. First down rail. First kink rail. You know, in movies. uh, First down rail just passed. Also, and that now also he's been featured on a WTF of the week on on Jump Street. So (laughs) the first down rail anniversary was last week too, November twenty first, right? And it's twenty seven. Yeah. The I guess the thirty first year. Yeah, thirty right? first. Mm-hmm. Of course, Chris got to remind us. You got to follow him on Instagram. Yeah, uh, Airman underscore CE for all the updates on that. Um, I think the last thing we got to do before we move on, everyone, please check out Jump Supplements, JumpSubs.com. Me and Billy personally handpicked a few supplements that we feel um, every skater can benefit from, from the Ultra Joint uh, Flex. If you have your knees, any problems with your knees, your joints, anything like that, Platinum Turmeric. A multivitamin to keep you feeling good on a daily basis. CBD oil for anxiety and stress. And we have acryl oil. So check out jumpsubs.com. We ship free domestically in the United States. Internationally, we ship to um, Italy, Australia, Canada, and the UK. We have deals on bundles if you want to buy a bunch of them, maybe for a skater friend of yours for the holiday season. You can say big on those bottles. Uh, check out the link in the description or go to jumpsubs.com. And check them out for yourself. Boom. Very cool. Uh, are we ready to move on to our very special guest? I think so. What do you guys in the crowd say? You want to want to hear us to see our our, our guest? Um, everybody, please welcome the one, the only, Mr. Colin Kelso. 
Join in, sir. I definitely got to adjust some cameras here. Crazy to think, man. Episode two. It was our first time having guests on, and it was right here. And it, it kind of that was like the 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 thing that legitimized our podcast because our first episode was Austin and I, and we were like, well, I don't know, is anyone gonna want to do this? Do are any of our friends or pro skaters gonna want to come on to a a podcast and chat? And you guys came on, and it kind of like started the ball rolling to you know having other people in the community come on. So it's crazy that we're doing it here again over four years later and for the first time with just you. Well, I was I was honored then. I'm honored now. I'm fans of uh, what you guys do and what you contribute to rollerblading with this podcast. So I'm ready to geek out and talk about some rollerblading. Very cool, man. <laughs> it's cool because, you know, you can really tell that um, you're, you're super invested in blading, not just by the work that you contribute, like on the surface level, that's obvious to see, but just in like your approach to skating, your thoughtfulness to skating, it seems like lately you've been also very thoughtful in your approach and like a lot of intention. So um, I guess, you know, we, we've started this podcast like different ways, but, you know, I think we've done that before with you. So I think, I think it'd be cool to maybe start at a place where maybe talking about like your approach to skating and where some of these ideas come from, because I think definitely at least in this like last, you know, for, for a long time you have been, but like to stay relevant and to stay being able to contribute new stuff, even in this, like it's, you've had like a really great year of skating and um, yeah. Where do those ideas come from and where does that thoughtfulness and and care come from? Great question. (laughs) And I'm going to be more than happy to answer that one. Um, First and foremost, I'm a fan of skating since I found my first video and saw what people were doing. I knew that I loved watching skate videos I wanted to emulate what I saw in those videos and test it out on my own terms. And that truly is what continues to make skating fun. But I'd be remiss if I didn't mention um, some of the heavy contributions that Canada has hmm. made to rollerblading. I'm sure you, yeah, you, you knew that was coming. <laughs> Not I specifically mean, that, but yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes sense though. Um, and, and in this episode, I, I also want to call out how amazing it is to see people see things through and stick with them because I'll, I'll admit when I first saw what Joey and Todd were doing with mushroom blading, it, um, didn't make much sense or resonate with me because I was very protective of what I thought skating should be. But as they continued to, um, you know, stay with their approach, I think the moves became more in depth. I think it inspired other people to try some of those approaches. And in recent times, I, uh, I sort of had like a, an epiphany, when I saw people like Leon and Stu doing like some of the wizard blading stuff. Um, and I'm going to make a, a little skateboard comparison here for a second. So bear with me if, <laughs> if you don't like when people make those comparisons. But 
I think what's magical about skateboarding is the idea that the board can leave the ground. It's not attached to your feet. And being able to see the board pop and somersault, flip, whatever, that's, that's magical. And we often have heard, especially those skating in the 90s, oh, rollerblading's easier, it's attached to your feet. And that's true because logically, if you jump, your skates are coming with you. But maybe the magic with rollerblading is seeing people be able to spin on the ground without leaving the ground. And when I saw the swivels, the gazelles, the lions, toe presses, heel presses, where people were finding creative ways to use the ground, I thought to myself as like a traditional tech ledge skater, like, I need to reimagine how I'm going to skate, how I skate, and, and perhaps incorporating some of these movements can make my technical skating even more technical. It was like a new horizon to explore. It was exciting. It's fresh. I still don't even know the vocab for some of these movements. It's tough. It's definitely tough. It's tough. I I, I found um, even like within like some of the more classic tricks, like vocab can be like a regional thing. Yeah. I mean, there's also a lot of controversy off also like a lot of skate grinds in general. That's just like part of our sport, unfortunately. Right. Um, so this is like wizard skating is like another version to add on to that, I think. What, what is language, though, after all? Right. You're just trying to convey what you see inside your head. So as long as the person you're talking to understand it, understands it, then you've successfully been able to communicate. But it's it's kind of funny like um like if i'm out filming with sean and we're trying to explain some of the things we're we're doing we don't really have like a like a vocab to it it's just more like oh i'm gonna do this thing i i, I find myself demonstrating it on the ground yeah that and makes he, a lot of sense <laughs> and i think it, it it might offend him at times because he's like dude just say what you want to say like why why are you like <laughs> showing me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i didn't think about that too though because somebody also commented one time that for like the wizard skating shit it's like they they like well they actually do those videos too uh what do they call it um product i don't know they have like a series motion blading on on youtube i don't know if you've seen their videos but they pretty much do that like they'll put the camera to their face but like i'm gonna do one foot wizard lion swivel front side toe bonk this that and then they do the trick and it's part of like what makes it interesting is because you actually get to hear the language. I don't know how serious it is because I also don't know most of the language as well. But that's similar to what you said, too, because if you watch a lot of basement videos, you can't really interpret. And a lot of your clips have been shared in groups that I'm in. And people always are like, that's awesome. Like, what is that called? Or try to like reference something that you did. And you can't just explain it. You have to show it like physically with your feet or your hands or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's... It's been fun though, just experimenting with new ideas and trying to incorporate it into like the street stuff that we do. Yeah. But more or less, it's just finding ways to stay inspired, to continue doing what it is we love to do, which is skate, make videos. Do, do you still feel like... Um... <clears throat> some like responsibility to like protect it because 
even like I feel like I was able to relate to to that when you said that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I I definitely know that feeling. And do I still have that feeling? Yes, I think I still do. <laughs> and uh, and I ask because I I feel like you do a really good job of of taking that stuff and. I, I don't want to say because I don't want to take it from anyone else and say like legitimize it, but but it's kind of like successfully um, intertwined with like what it is that we have traditionally done. Right. Um, I'm going to try my best to uh, quote my friend uh, Ben Magaziner. He has a really good podcast with the mushroom blading guys where he touches on this topic a little bit. Um, but more or less he, um, was talking about pedagogy and basically like rules or certain disciplines that certain sports have when it comes to educating other people, like when rollerblading was, um, in its infancy, it created a canon of tricks um, quickly so it looked like we knew what we were doing and we didn't look like a bunch of buffoons out there on the course like we had a legit sport with tricks etc um, and growing up especially hailing from Philadelphia where people were very outspoken and, and heavily opinionated on correct ways to skate like, yeah, of course, some of that rubbed off on me. And more so, I say this as a fan, but I like to keep some of that alive, but while also keeping the door open to accept some of the more fringe-like experimental ideas. I I don't take any credit for that. I really do think um, I need to mention, like, people like Leon, Stu, Joey, Todd, Colin Martin, Junk Q, Mike Torres, um, I, I've really paid attention to a lot of what they've been doing and they've been at this for quite some time, but those, those individuals particularly not, not limited to that group, but, but definitely worth noting that I, I've definitely borrowed a ton and, um, just wanted to give them a shout out cause they deserve it cause they're awesome. Definitely. Hell yeah, they definitely do. That's all you named a lot of my, uh, personal inspirations more recent than ever um were you always that open to trying new styles of skating and and different techniques and applying them to your skating because even for years and years and years and you said you're from philly also which we talked about on the show before it's like a very strict upbringing on like like uh um standards and everything but were you always that open to different styles of skating because mushroom blading and wizard blading have kind of been around for a bit not much wizard but more mushroom but like now you're embracing it more than ever the last couple years Absolutely. I, I think um, the first time when I can cite myself trying to learn new progressive things was that time period when um, like wheelbarrows, training wheels, boardwalks, mm-hmm. hobos, those, those, those tricks where you're rolling on a wheel or something. I feel like there was a, a time in skating's history when those were like new school tricks. And um, I guess that would have been maybe the first time where it was like, oh, look at like look at these new tricks. Like this looks fun. A lot of people I admire are, do, are doing it. Um, so maybe that had something to do with it. 
was you saw a lot of people that had bigger names in videos doing them like executed with what back back then would be considered good style and form so that made me want to try those tricks but remember they they went through a period of time where it was like taboo it was yeah like, it wasn't cool oh, yeah so i feel though like if you consistently skate for like long periods of time and you 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 learn some of the basics and you continue to find ways to to reimagine ways of doing something sometimes you have no choice but to go back to the taboo and try to figure out um you know how to make it look right so it might actually have a place in in modern day skating wasn't there a, a quote in the mind game video that said you must learn the rules first before you can break them properly yeah maybe subconsciously that quote rubbed off on me in some sort of way i know that video had a uh, touched a lot of people's hearts and changed the way they look at skating so i think just with time and experience if you're going to continue to want to have fun, I think experimentation is is part of that recipe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more to that. Can Definitely. you can you remember like specific? I'm just trying to think of this now. That's why I'm asking you specific training wheel clips or people who did training wheels, wheelbarrows really really well in a certain way that inspired you to try them yourself. So I'm thinking of a few. I'm thinking of like Dominic Sagona did a lot of really cool variations of that. Um, Dominic absolutely is one of those those individuals um i want to say though back back then I, I i i definitely remember john julio doing a training wheel to training wheel wheel switch up which had some flavor to it i think it was suitable material you're thinking of webby because i remember that clip you, like it was yesterday J john did the fish brain to fish brain webby uh, did in tbtv1 training wheel to training wheel Good catch. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Did you I just know something more than Colin Kelsey? No, I, I, I appreciate <laughs> that. That's wow. My memory's gone. Yeah, that was Webby. Though. Um, that was that was one of my you favorite. You specifically redid that one. I, yeah, I specifically <laughs> redid that one. Yeah, because I've been trying to you do that for like 20 years. That. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Daily Bread, Matt Mance, maybe with some purple fatties <clears throat> doing a boardwalk. Backwards okay. hat, baggy dungarees. <laughs> yeah. He definitely put some flavor on that one. Yeah. Um. There's been some TJ Weber had a good hobo. What, what is a hobo? I can't think of what. I think, isn't it the backslide with the alley toe? toe? Okay, yeah. I never knew that was called a hobo. I believe I believe I read that somewhere. Perhaps <laughs> Maybe an old daily, daily bread. bread. Yeah, yeah, that's where we got all our uh, ski knowledge from, except for the full torque. I've never said that. No, I'm have you ever said that? Full torque for Farf yeah. Farfenugan. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I still go with the the German Farfenugan. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say full torque in person. No, I mean, they, they they had a bunch of silly names. They were like, uh, I think when it first came out, it was like uh, the first thing I saw was Reverse Royale. That's what they called it in um, some free advice too when Julio did it. Oh shit, that and, makes sense. Yeah, like so, an Ali Royale. Ali Royale, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like Ali Unity, which is controversial, would be like kind yes. of like a reverse Unity by that same logic. Wait, so then if if reverse or Ali Royale are caught on, would Ali Unity then be more acceptable? No, I don't know. It, it's just, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about it the other day. I, I, I'll, I'll leave Pornstar because um, 
I was saying recently we were at the because the weekend thing, uh, the, the things things at the skate park have been like way different, just like friendlier, and so like these like skateboarders like genuinely <clears throat> genuinely interested like what's an Ollie porn star? Wow, really? Yeah, but then like I was like uh, explaining it uh, what it was, and I was just like why do why did they name it that? Like do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, a crucifix would have been like a cool name because it's like a T. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like that. And it's like still has like the badass name quality that like a porn star has, but yeah. with like some kind of attachment to the trick. So if anyone wants to start calling it a crucifix, that's that's okay. And then we got the Christ grind too. The Christ, or Christ grind. grinds very Well, that makes sense. You know? Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. Con, you kill those I like too. I like ones that make sense. X makes sense. You know, yeah. Yeah. Unity makes sense. Soul Unity makes sense. would have been more a better X grind than an actual X grind. Soul makes sense, but I prefer S-O-L-E. Why? Because it's the soul of your foot. And soul? Come on. That's like some like <laughs> sublime hippie stuff. Come on. Maybe that's the inspiration. They're listening to I know. Sublime. And that's the problem. <laughs> it was the 90s. It was the 90s. That's the problem. I'm just kidding. Okay. So we kind of got off topic. I, I would okay. accept any of those terms if someone were to use them in conversation with me. Cool. Uh, yeah. I like how you said about the language too before because... You kind of mentioned it as it was a different dialect in a way. Like we all speak English, but there's different slang terms in like at the UK that they speak that we don't. Even Philly to New York, we speak the same language, but you guys say like John and shit like that. And like in Australia, they speak English, but they have their own slangs and shit like that. You know, it's kind of similar to skating because we all speak the same language, but we just say things a different way sometimes. As, as long as the person you're conveying... You understands know, yeah, yeah. yeah understands it then it language is is doing what it's meant to do exactly <laughs> i like that it's more open-minded way to look at it i guess i like that yeah um so yeah i think that skating's been at, the, at like that really cool point where like every few years that something new happens and makes it exciting um and i feel like that's happening now like like you said in the beginning i kind i kind of was able to relate like um and I think just being older too, like I was being like a traditional, like older person in the sport while I was like sticking to what I did and mm -hmm. what was comfortable for me. Because I think an another thing is like a lot of those little things, like you're at risk of like, you've already like built this name of, of Colin and you're taking a risk to like humble yourself again, learning new things. And I, I find myself like that because Bellino will like be pushing me like to try like a lot of like these new things. And a lot of the time, like it's new for me, but I've been, you know, skating, whatever however long long mm -hmm. time and so like doing those things you're at risk of looking silly or maybe like being vulnerable I, I think when you're experimenting in this way especially when you have like an established name it's a risk like you know because you're kind of like putting yourself out there in this way so yeah that's a good point too because yeah. colin do you ever feel like that when you skate you do a lot of kind of out there maneuvers not out there i mean like it hasn't been done before type shit do you ever do something like, damn, is that okay? Or like you question it. Yeah, you question like, it or you need like opinion from Sean to be like, is that okay? Is that cool? Is that corny? Well. You definitely ask if it's corny. You, I can you, picture you saying it right now. <laughs> you, you know, you, you, you said it right there. Um, like, do you ask Sean? Absolutely. Like he is probably like the number one person I go to for counsel when it comes to any type of um, trick. Because he has a really good eye and a really good understanding of how things could resonate, especially with when a camera's involved. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think like knowing how to film too can sort of bring 
certain things to life maybe in a way that they hadn't been previously seen before and um, definitely pride ourselves in our ability to to make skating look the way we want if if you find that it it's pleasing and looks good i'm flattered to hear that but truth is we we really do this for ourselves for our own satisfaction first so as long as i'm happy he's happy then um it's a good day some days though i like having skated more than i liked the skating itself when it was happening because we're not always just going out to have fun i mean a lot of times we're going out to attempt progressive skating and that can be very brutalizing especially when you're trying something complicated that's technical that you might have not done before it's not really like a joyous thing like um I don't know. Let me go make a comparison here with like a like a bodybuilder. I don't, I don't like do any of that stuff. But you like, don't? imagine if you're test. Yeah, you, can, you <laughs> didn't know. Uh, but imagine if like you're testing like how much you can lift. Like you're not like I don't know. Like if you were smiling while doing that, like what kind of psychopath are you? <laughs> yeah. You know, like that. That's why like going after some of these these things that we're doing. It's like, well, I, I'll say I I I don't enjoy skating. I enjoy having skated. And that's part of the attraction for me too, is also being able to push myself and test my limits. Like it's more than just a fun activity. It, it, I, I, I would actually say, I, I look at it as more as something that's, that's been rewarding more so than something I do for fun. So when you go skating, do you look forward to the satisfaction afterwards more than actually skating? I like the process transformation comes when you're uncomfortable and I, I i enjoy when we have these moments i wouldn't say it's fun but you trust the process and you know what you're going to get in the end when you put yourself into those situations and i think sean and i's desire and yearn to to want to be in those situations is i guess why we perhaps get the recognition we do Hmm. No, it's true. It's true. Like when you're, I mean, I think there are times when skating can definitely be fun. Like, you know, you're on a mini ramp, for example, and, or you're doing like P rail, you and Sean in the basement, like maybe not filming or something just, but yeah, there are like tons of times where skating can be very frustrating. You know, you're definitely. there and you're like, ah, like trying to get this thing over and over. You're exhausted. You're getting frustrated. You're trying to make what's in your head happen in your body and at this location that you're at. So mm -hmm. I can see what you're saying and it being something more rewarding than fun. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're similar to me in that. I realized recently that I love being um, like not progressive. Um, I can't think of the word right now, but I like fulfilling something like the satisfaction of doing something. Well, I don't know why I can't think of the word. Progress, not progress. Why can't I think of the word? I'm horrible. Oh. My words are way off right now. I should have read a dictionary before I started this podcast today. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just the satisfaction of actually accomplishing something yeah. is like what keeps me going a lot. Whether it's skating or work or whatever it is, drumming. If I like fulfillment, fulfillment. Yes, Maybe. it's not the word I'm looking for, but damn it. Okay. <laughs> if anyone in the chat can think of the word, let me know. That, but that, that feeling yeah, becomes it is. addictive in ways too. Yes. 
Like I, I start to find myself getting anxious and, and frustrated if I'm not going skating. Like I, I'm, I'm definitely obsessed with it. I think that's safe to say. How many days a week do you skate? Just the weekends? Weather permitting, a couple days a week. Um, try to get some kind of exercise in. Definitely, if the weather's nice, um, we are very fortunate to live by a lot of good plaza-style cement parks. And my brother's in the same neighborhood as me, so yeah. How old are you? I just turned 38. 38. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's funny. It was something I was talking about with um, with John because John lives really close to me and <clears throat> probably the, per- the person I'll skate with the most. But see a lot of your skating and I'm like, I feel like they can do this and progress if they continue this way to like they're in their 50s. Forever. Like it's just and some you just see some approaches that don't look as sustainable. And uh, so like that that was like we have said that before too and yeah i mean i mean we never we finally have colin here to talk about yeah, that and, with. And, and that's like a big i mean for me at my age you know i'm 39 and i'm like so i see some of that and i'm like oh, well i want to be able to progress and also be able to continue skating at that age so so i think like like how does your how is your body feeling like, do, do you feel that that's true like do you feel like that's something um that you can do absolutely um I've noticed, though, as as I continue to age, you have to make adjustments. Um, I'm definitely not um, enjoying adult beverages in the way I used to. Um, And I do it because the benefit I get is the ability to wake up feeling strong, healthy, and motivated to go out and skate and test myself. And as you age you can't be like that wild 21 year old that wants to go out, stay out late and you just bounce off the ground. You definitely have to be very self-aware of what you can do and your limits and know when it's, it's time to, to pull the trigger like a risk benefit scenario. Like I, I, I like to think that there were some pretty tr- big tricks done in spacement two. Like Sean front torque to kink rail, big yeah, kink rail, huge. big kink yeah. rail. That rail's scary as hell. Yeah, I I mean I I put on my uh, gap jumping hat yeah. and did a couple. I mean it was no eighteen, but there no. were some some bigger gaps in there that I haven't done in quite some time, and it's because I've made those changes and I feel I really do feel great. I feel healthy. Um, so that's try- mostly physical, not mental. It's a, it's a mixture of both. I mean having the experience of skating for over what 25 years like i know what is required to land say a 13 stair right but finding the motivation and the energy to to boost your confidence up so that you're ready to try it is a different story and certain days feel better than others and um Taking care of your body is definitely part of, of, of aging and growing with skating and, and thinking about longevity. Um, but w- w- am I going out every day and going to 180 a, a 13 stare? No. Um, but for filming a video, I wanted to challenge myself and kind of 
showcase all the things that I've done over the year. I wanted to show some of the bigger things that I have in my wheelhouse. I wanted to show technical edge skating. I wanted to, sh I, I did a, a rail in that. <laughs> I, I wasn't, I was not, yeah, you, not impressed, you, but I was like happy in a way. Cause I know that you and Sean both are capable of doing all these crazy insane tricks. You're some of the best skaters ever existed, you know, and, and you've been holding back. I feel like that's what it is. You hold back in your other videos, but this one, you kind of let loose a little more. Yeah, absolutely. Because like I said, I, I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to go outside of my comfort zone and channel a little bit of that youthful energy that I would have demonstrated in much younger years. Was it a banger rail trick? By no means. But I felt really good about it. Yeah, <laughs> I did. It was, it was kind of funny. I was like, I'm going to go to this spot and I'm going to do that today. I didn't do anything but that. <laughs> I can see the smile on <laughs> yeah. your face, how happy you were from that. I was pumped. It, it was cool. It was an interesting feeling. I haven't felt that in quite some time. So just grateful to have had the, the body to allow me to do it. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's being disciplined and making those choices. Definitely. You can't, especially the older you get, you can feel it. And uh, you can't burn the candle from both ends. And like you said, if you're, if you're gone, you got to be the risk versus reward. And you just got to take care of your body if you want to be in skating. You know, you could start with like jumps up. It's not going to hurt. It's too merit. <laughs> it's definitely not going to hurt. It's, it's not going to hurt. It's going to help. Um, but yeah, you know, it's funny like um, that you mentioned that, I, you know, you've been, uh, it's funny. I, uh, you don't, you don't do down rails a lot. And, and I did notice yeah. that. And the first thing I noticed when I was like, uh oh, Colin's like, he's getting serious again is um in the them skates thing in new york like you true macchiota a rail to like louis 360 out yeah. and i was like whoa <laughs> that is like that's what i'm saying that they've been weird. holding back yeah you've had this in you the entire time but just like haven't done it and it's understandable but still like to see you do it no again. it's it's just cool to see like that like because obviously like you're a master of all these things but then you still have these other things that you can just happen to when you want and it's cool to see um I was going to mention also like you've been competing in a lot of events and you jumping, talking about jumping the stairs made me think about the finals of the, the BPSO when it kind of went to like the rail mm -hmm. and you're up there like jumping the stairs. I was like, wow, dude, <laughs> like you and your brother like really yeah. killed it that day. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I, like I said, I, I've made some changes in my life regarding my health and when I, I'm in New York and you feel that energy from the crowd and you see all the people you respect, like watching, like you don't want to show up like some punk and you want to <laughs> represent. And I just, I got that vibe. Like we grew up with that. Yeah. Um, so it, it was, it was fun. I, I don't look at these contests, like I'm going to go compete. Like I don't, I don't set like this expectation to, to win or even place I just tell myself, you're going to go out there and you're going to demonstrate the best you have to offer. And if it's well perceived, then so be it. And I'm, th thank you. I'm, I'm flattered. Yeah, no, yeah. it was cool because, I, you know, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but me, as I said, I'm like 39. So when I get to like some of these uh, events, people are like, oh, you're going to compete, you're going to skate. And I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. But I mean, I'm gonna put my skates on and, and get like a couple tricks just mm -hmm. to like show show some legitimacy and some face. Mm -hmm. But like, as far as like put myself in the competitive atmosphere, 
Um, but it's also how you look at it too, because I have some older friends like Dominic Wagner, like he pushed me to skate at like the winter crush. He's like, Oh dude, just yeah. skate and have fun. Like I'm here with my friends. So I, I think it's how you look at it. But I know I just been noticing that you've been putting yourself in the, in that atmosphere more than some prior years. Yeah. yeah what, are you, what are you trying to get fun. out of contest now? Visibility, I guess, to be completely transparent. Um, Sean and I are really proud and fortunate to have um, a little small company in this industry that people are willing to support. So thank you for everybody that continues to support Basement, whether it just be some kind words or purchasing the products we have. It means the world to us and it definitely helps us show up to events like Blading Cup or, or any contest out there that we've been to. Um, I'm sorry, what was the question? It's like, what do you get out of the contest now? I know Sean goes in to win it, but I feel like you have a different yeah, oh, attitude yeah, towards right, it. Right, right. Sean goes into every contest like, I'm winning this. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I, I like what I originally said, visibility. Just like, yeah. hey, I'm here. Like, I'm showing up to skate. Like, I'm a skater. I skate. Um, I'll skate for fun. I'll skate for a video. I'll skate in a contest. Like, I just want to skate. And that's more or less it. Just letting letting everyone know yeah i feel like a lot of people are even just excited when they go to a contest or an event they want to see all these people see all the pros that they see online and, and and on the internet and stuff and then they get to see you skate in person because no one really gets to see a lot of big names skate in person so even people like you i get excited to see you skate in person you know, i don't get to skate with you that much anymore so if i get to see you skate at a contest um that you know a lot of people i feel like come to see that yeah for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I can think back to the one and only ASA that I've ever been to when I was a kid. This is pre-sponsorship, pre-flow era me. But I, w I went to an ASA with some of my high school friends and we saw people like Aaron Feinberg, Champion Baumstimler, Eric Shrine, Matt Andrews. And can I tell you any of the tricks that I saw that day? No. But I remember them being there and just so excited to see them skate. So I definitely think that's important mm -hmm. um, to show up and just put them on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel like the Veterans Cup is all about at, at the Bleeding Cup because that's one of my favorite parts of the weekend. I know a lot of other people, it's their favorite part too because you wouldn't normally never ever, even on video on Instagram, get to see Arlo skate, Rollinson skate. You know, so to see them skate in person and to put like, oh, it's almost like putting on a little show for everyone else, you know? Yeah. They're kind of like, they, I, some of them, I know Randy wants to compete. I know Randy wants to win. You can tell by the way he skates, but most of them are just like skating with their buddies, you know? And it's so entertaining to see in person because you don't get to see that ever anywhere else. Yeah. Um, for me, that was one of the highlights. Once again, um, at Blading Cup was just watching Randy Oh like, yeah! Throw down on the level that he threw down. He also has like a, a very strong presence too. Like he's yeah. interacting with the crowd as he's skating yeah. contests. I mean, it's it. He truly is it's like, like Montre style kind of. Yeah, Montre does that too. I I love a little bit of showsmanship. I mm -hmm. I don't have that element to me myself, but I definitely notice it and respect and appreciate those who who are able to do that. That's a, a definitely an interesting skill to have, but I mean, wow. Like he, he was in the first video that I bought 
right? BG3. And to to show up as a 38-year-old and watch him do that? I mean, oh my God, where's like the rollerblading Hall of Fame? Give this man a, a lifetime achievement award. For real, dude. <laughs> For real. Dude was so impressive. His skating was so impressive. Like, um, I had people, because we were at the booth, so it was busy, but I didn't mm-hmm. get to see much of it. I saw like a lot of the stuff after, but people were coming up like, yo, people who didn't skate or people who are new to rollerblading or like some quad skaters were like, this guy, Randy, 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 mm-hmm. or this guy in the orange skates. Yeah, the guy in the yeah. orange skates. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's crazy. And to see all the footage after, he killed it. It's a lot of energy for an older gentleman, I would say. He could definitely had more energy or the same energy as a lot of the people in the regular pro contest or am contest, whatever it is. So, yeah. Eric Shrine and Abdeel as well. I definitely saw some really cool stuff happening. Yeah, who are some of your favorites in the Veterans Cup? Randy, Eric, Abdeel? Yeah, obviously. Um, Eric, though, specifically has a special place in my heart. I don't know if I've shared this story before. Well, let's hear it. Um, But when Sean and I had really gone to California for the first time to skate street, we stayed with the Esco Zoo guys. So Mike was living there at the time. I, Sagona, Abdeel, um, Eric, Louis, like everyone was always together. And he was just such a really amazing person to meet. Like he was one of my idols. Like he was one of the guys I was scribbling his name on my backpack in elementary <laughs> school. Like, like I like this person skating. Like. <laughs> But anyways, um, first time we went to California, I remember I had like this really powerful moment um, in in when driving around with Eric. Um, so do you, but I need to tell this before this will make sense. So at the end of VG4, Eric Shrine has a shot where it's just his eyes in the rear view mirror. And that's how the respect the architect section fades out. And I'm, I'm like in all that I'm driving around skating street with this guy many years later. And he has like some mix, you know, there's music going when you're driving around. And uh, this song, Tupac Old School comes on. And if you know the hook, it says, what more can I say? I wouldn't be here today if the old school didn't pave the way. And I'm sitting in the back seat hearing this and I'm seeing his eyes in the reflection of the rear mirror as he's driving us around. And I'm like, I'm living my dream. Like this, this is what it's all about. And that was just such a special moment for me. Sometimes people say, don't meet your idols. That would definitely contest that statement because he was everything and more. Eric Shrine is a solid dude. Shout out Eric Shrine. Love that guy. Hell yeah. Shout out Eric Shrine. He he killed it too at the, the Veterans Cup also. I like, you have a lot of poetry style references in skating too. I feel like that was very poetic, by the way. <laughs> I think hip hop has a lot to do with it because you just said uh, Tupac, you know, yeah. last time you were on the show, you, I think I got an Amazon delivery. Last time you were on the show, you quoted Nas as well. <laughs> do you have any other like hip hop um, quotes that relate to skating? I have, oh, I actually, before you think about it for a second, but I remember there's a Gangstar quote that you said back in the day, like back in like the early Be Unique days when you started skating Be Unique. Do you remember what oh, it was? I know this. I know the Nas one. Go on. Um, it was from the song with Nice and Smooth. It was, 
Damn, I put myself on the spot for this one. You don't remember it? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Feeling satisfaction from a street from the crowd street reaction. crowd reaction. Yeah, it is here. Remember that? And I actually stole that from you. Kind of stole it from you. And I, because I was in school at the time and I wrote like a paper on the, how it relates to skating and, and contests. And I don't remember the, the story of the, the paper or what assignment, whatever. But yeah, it, it was, it was relating to skating too. And I feel like you do that a lot. Yeah. I mean, when you're, you're, inspired by all these incredible skate videos you're going to be naturally exposed to barrage of different genres of music hip-hop always had a prominent place within skating so it makes sense that the lyricism you'd be hearing would impact your life and guru was definitely one of the kings that you know put in that good moral fiber in his lyricism mm -hmm. that moment of truth song yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of your love for hip hop, um, I don't know. Maybe I think a lot of people who know you know, but I don't know. Maybe some people don't know that in the new in the new Spaceman Spaceman Two, the like, like the high pitch rap. That's you. Yeah. yeah. The opening freestyle. Trying to do my best impersonation of Bugs Bunny. It was very <laughs> like Mother Goose nursery rhyme, rapping. Um, but we just wanted to kind of go in line with you know what basement's all about which has a hip-hop style we definitely were into watching cartoons growing up video games that sort of thing um so we wanted to try our uh try our luck and see if we could make another skit similar to the one in fish guys 4 but with with knowing that it was going to be premiered at blade cup we wanted to kind of open it up and allow the crowd to kind of settle in set the tone and then boom right into sean's part so i think it did a, a, a good job at 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 doing that i hope it did at least it was it was very unique and obviously it made a big impact on people billy mentioned it obviously yeah. um i heard other people mention it as well and you're up there with the ranks of Frankie Morales, who freestyle, who raps in, in skate videos, uh, Julian Ba, Dre Powell, and now Colin Kelso. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wouldn't fit myself into the, the bracket of, of those guys. I, I feel like I'm more of like a gag. I'm not like seriously doing it. <laughs> but it's fun. It's part of the, the skate video production. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You guys put a lot of production into the all the basement videos, but specifically, I guess, basement, uh, spacement and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that, too. There, there's an Instagram handle, and, and the name escapes me at the moment. Maybe someone could put it in the chat. But my brother shared with me this one person that takes old cartoons and puts hip-hop to them. So it looks as though the cartoon character is <laughs> rapping. So that's kind of what it's inspired. Such a good <laughs> it's awesome. Check out the handle if you have uh, a I'm very to. curious about this now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Leave it in the yeah. comments because I want to see it too. I know. Or just remind us later when you remember. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll or, ask or, Sean. or Sean. Yeah, Sean. So um going back to contests like Blade Cup, BPSO, and and you being active, like what what do you think of the state of contests in skating at this moment or skate of state of skating in general? Absolutely. Um be before I I share though some of my thoughts, I just want to first let it be known that it is not, I would imagine it's not easy to set contests up. I would imagine 
that working with a budget has unique challenges to it. And I think the folks that do dedicate their time to, to, to having events like these should be celebrated and, 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 and recognized for their effort because it truly is a remarkable, um, occurrence that these, that these are happening. And I know that a lot goes into it, but with that being said, I, I feel that there's a couple areas of opportunity that maybe we could hone in a little deeper on as far as like a collective group. Um, I, de I definitely think recognizing certain or the, the differences in certain disciplines, right? Like a contest like Winter Clash or Feast is like big ramp style skating where you're going to see flips, um, disasters, spins to grinds, that sort of thing where risk, the component of adding risk into your, your run is rewarded. I think understanding that there is a discipline of that style, but then also recognizing that there is a plaza style element. And I hope I'm not butchering it, but I do believe that's what Blade Cup is more or less trying to accomplish. They're trying to um, give uh, some kind of ceremony to the to the plaza style of skating, mm -hmm. which is I I I assume more focused on um, like consistency, style, creativity, not so much maybe amplitude or risk. Not that they're not factored in, but I think other variables in which you can grade skating are, are considered. Um, and then you have like vert contests, obviously, which I, I'm maybe those are far and few between. Um, and then flat ground. I think there's opportunity to perhaps have contests. And I, I think I've heard of some events going on for like flat ground. But I, I, I think that would be a fantastic area to get some some rules behind and and kind of delve into because there's a lot of talented people like um, like imagine like Stu, Mike Torres and Junk Q. I would love to skating see that. A, but 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 you wouldn't have maybe and, and don't take this the wrong way, but like a skater like. Diaby Daco and CJ Wellsmore, Roman Abrate, like you wouldn't put them in a flat ground. Not saying they couldn't or, or wouldn't, but they're not known for it. They're not known for it. You would, you would, I would love to see them in a setting where they could really, um, you know, bring out their skills and, and be rewarded for it, like Feast, Winter Clash. I think the plaza style, you would probably see your your like progressive street skater getting rewarded uh like a like my brother for example who's very technical like with his grinds and his intricacies there someone you know what i mean like because at the last winter or not winter class at the last um blade cup there was a sub box not the recent one the, the one yeah, prior spring one there was a sub box and there were people doing i think like cork 900s over that <laughs> but then you would see stuff like like 
true fish to backslide to Machio or something go down on the flat bar and it's like you can't compare those two things and i think having the rules and understanding written out and published on a website would make it so that there's less flack afterwards from the audience because one of the things that's a little disheartening is like seeing people bicker about like well it should have been this or it should have been that or i didn't understand why person x didn't get this and person y got that and it's because and and excuse me if i'm i'm speaking out of line here but i don't think there are any written rules governing these contests that someone could look up online like if i wanted to know the rules of nfl football i could type in nfl rules and right. see the rules right there now if if say you're watching a super bowl and no one's scoring points they're not gonna be like well, all right well everybody take their helmets off and every first down is worth 10 points now like let's make it more dangerous and and higher scoring like that will make it more exciting no because now you just tarnish the game and you're not playing football anymore so that's why you have to have rules in a contest format so that people have a clear understanding of what they're getting into yeah the criteria yeah. right and i've seen judges do this where they're like oh let's like in a final round um and don't take this the wrong way but at the recent contest in new york my understanding based on what was disclosed in the beginning of the contest was that the final round would consist of the entire course and then it ended up shuffling over to the rail and and um that was that was fine but i just felt that that was like uh oh we're kind of like changing things now yeah i don't know if it was because it was what the crowd wanted if it was what the judges wanted but those those little things that happen can be confusing for some people definitely um does that does that make sense yeah that makes sense like for for the new york thing it was like oh the the whole course right and um it did start I, out that I, way I, too. I, I, yeah and i took it over on like two months so to, to give to give myself a little <laughs> grace like i, I kind of like Pashi wasn't able to run it mm -hmm. and he said can you take it over for me or, or it's not going to happen so i just like took it with what i had in two months and try to make something happen there so it wasn't as organized as it could have been or things have been in the past but i will i will say um it was like okay the whole course and then someone it was one person to start someone was, was like yeah there's a whole rail over here and then like a couple of people went there it just naturally and then happened. it just like organically yeah. turned into like what can happen at those kind of at, at, at like the finals of like these events where like it becomes like you know more geared toward in the amplitude direction but i agree there there needs to be those like criteria and explanations for like this is like the culture and idea of this contest and this is and you know so so there's clear lines i i i also though a word you mentioned organically and i and i and even when i had this thought enter my head i also said well is this part of of rollerblading's identity is this part of our culture that we sometimes add improvisation into these types of events because there is something 
magical to be said about it. Um, I mean, watching my brother skate that day was phenomenal. Watching other people like Sean Dars was incredible. Uh, Anthony Marchione, like all those guys ripped. Um, I myself got up there and, and, and threw a zero down the set. It was fun. Like I, I'm not diminishing it or taking away from it, but with the idea that people would like to see rollerblading maybe back in the X games or enter into the Olympics. And I don't know this for certain, but I wonder, do we need to have a set of rules? Because if you were to explain why it should be back in the X games or in the Olympics, wouldn't those council members want to know how exactly it is we rank ourselves and wouldn't it be helpful to have it documented yeah, and published online that i remember that was a debate too between skateboarding when it did come into the olympics because that was something they had the same conversation too from what i understand like you can't really judge this um even we were talking about singapore before like when i was in singapore they were telling me that the government wanted to create like uh a regulation skate park whatever mm -hmm. but they like there is no such thing like you you could make like a regulation size football field regulation size basketball court but you can't make a regulation skate park you know there's no rules to like what it is that we do skateboarding had the same problem i don't know how they came up with a, a response to that but it is similar to the x games and shit like that too because they have a weird point scoring system even you know x games uh nis asa's back in the day like Aaron Feimer just got uh, 89.25. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> you know, like they've been doing that for years, forever. And I'm sure at that time there was uh, an official rule book with like ways to, you know, judge criteria and all this stuff. So there are ways of doing it. I'm sure there are. I just, that's way more official than um, like a blading cup I mean, or anything like that. And, and, ju and just to be, um, judging is always going to have problems. Like, you know, you in you, any sport, you look at like the much. biggest organizations in, in boxing or like UFC, there's always controversy Yep. in judging it, it, even if they have like the, but, but there is a criteria you can go and look to like, you know, they do mm -hmm. have like, you know, 10 point scoring system per, per round and they'll have like um, a hierarchy of what's like the most important, like damage amount of punches yeah. or like whatever. Yeah. And uh, that makes a little more sense. Yes. Yeah, well. So, so I, I think it's going to be a problem that's like never fully, like truly solved because there's always going to be these bias and different people's it's subjective in mm -hmm. a lot of ways, like the judging, but at least something to look toward and, and to put down there. Like, so there's a more clear idea. So people know what's happening. Right. Or at least some guidelines like you're talking about as well. Like, before a contest, like make sure everyone knows the 30 second run, you know, tricks landed counts, um, consistency counts. If you fall in your line, like that's going to hurt you. You need consistency. Creativity is a huge thing as well. I'm curious how, cause you mentioned the spring cup, how Diaby was doing the cork 900 over like the gap thing, but then there's also people skating like a P rail. Mm -hmm. Like how, what do you, what, do you think there's a, re a resolution for that? Cause it's like putting a marathon runner against a sprinter. There are different athletes. But that's part of the game. It's a weird game. It is a weird game. That's part of it. <laughs> yeah. Even like street court, uh, gravity games or X Games courses back in the day were like that also. They had huge down rails, huge quarter pipes, launch boxes. But there was also like a flat and a cross ledge that people would soul grind as well. Yeah. Me, me personally, 
um, take this with a grain of salt. I think if there's sub boxes and big quarter pipes, like that is inviting for a flip. Yeah. Like you wouldn't hold a vert contest and put a ledge at the bottom of a vert ramp and be like, Hey, like the guy that, that just, <laughs> like the guy that just yeah. did the, the, the switch true spin. He, he won the, vert you might contest. be onto something. <laughs> I, no, I, I think that the I, guy who did the switch true spin <laughs> won the vert <laughs> Well, like actual vert riders would be like disappointed with right. that, which is why right. like actual plaza style street skaters are getting upset if they saw a cork nine mm -hmm. win that. So I, I I think you know definitely being more like intentional with the distinctions would make it like because I, I don't know if Blade Cups like come out and like been like this is what it's just like show like what they're displaying is like it's like that kind of style they're celebrating it more and I think that's when people um, were kind of complaining about the course and when we said something on like a Channel Eleven not so long ago well it's like no I think it brings more. Of you have to show what you can do on these things. Creativity. And yeah. and then I, 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 someone was saying that like kind of making an excuse for the course, but I but, saw that comment. But but, <laughs> but 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 no, it's like that's that would be the opportunity for that person to display that side of skating, mm -hmm. where like it you don't get the opportunity to if it's like if you have like a like just a launch box and like two quarter pipes on either side, and it's a it's a launch box contest. You know, it's gonna have like spins, flips. Um, you know, you might get the guy that grinds on the side of it, but generally it's just going to be that. So, yeah, I think I think it gives that opportunity to see the other side of skating and that those other skaters too, instead of just like high amplitude. And it would be better in the future if we had those distinctions. And flat ground is something that I know they try to do it at the Blading Cup, but it would be, it would be cool to see something more, like how far that could go and, yeah. and, and what that could be at its highest level, you know? It could be interesting. That's even a harder thing to judge, I think. How would you like judge wizard skating style stuff? You know you, what I mean. You would have to ask Joey, Todd, and <laughs> Leon, rules. and and get expert opinion from the expert. That's who should truthfully be writing the uh, criteria for something like that. I, I I would think that there would be no one better than them for that task. Right? It makes sense. Yeah, I think so. It does. I, I also want to say one quick thing. Um, I like didn't mind the Blade Cup course at all. I, I don't ever have an opinion on the courses because it's really up to the skater to bring out how they're going to approach it. Like and, a street spot. And you... If, if, if like, and I heard some like neg, I've heard a lot of great comments, but I heard some negative stuff like, oh, this isn't like allowing skaters to show true potential of skating. And I'm like, uh, did you not see Dominic Bruce do a flawless line with no flaws mm -hmm. when he came into that first 30 second run that mm -hmm. he did? It was electrifying. Mm -hmm. He it's didn't flying. flying. Yeah. He was do doing flat land. He was hitting <laughs> high airs on the quarter pipe. He was doing technical, creative. I mean, this guy was doing it all. And the true highlight of watching that contest um, was actually his first 30 second run. I thought it was. I agree with that. Remarkable. Yeah. Seeing what he was able to do with that, like, is kind of what I was like saying like it speaks to what he can bring to like that kind of setup and like mm -hmm. that that you get to highlight that yeah. his power was illuminated full spectrum mm. 
in that third. And it was, it was so cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like the course was fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And that makes sense. I mean, look at the, look at like, like I, 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 like I'm a guy that constantly skates imperfect stuff in the streets. Like anybody that's ever tried to go out into the street, nothing's perfect. Nothing ever will be perfect. And it, it's not even a, I think saying perfect is even the wrong word to use. It just is what it is. Either like man up or don't like mm-hmm. that's on you yeah. not the course yeah do you think people are spoiled because there's so many there's such an influx of perfect skate parks all over the world now and all over the country that people are just like we skate this shit every day like it should be like some next level stuff because you just said you skate street things imperfect all the time especially yeah, like that's a, that's a rugged city like yeah a that's rugged like, city. that's a feature on the street exactly yeah. and that's what we all grew up skating but i do you think people are just spoiled by like these perfect skate parks nowadays and they see Blaney Cup and they're like, come on, you could do better than this. Perhaps. I, I, I think that maybe there's like this expectation that it should be similar to a winter clash or a feast. And I think it's like comparing apples and oranges. Like, I agree with that. Too. They are what they are. Mm-hmm. Like if, like, w- <laughs> you know, when you see some, and I'm going to go back to, to Dominic Bruce's line again. I mean, that was extremely special and and he used it the way it was i should not not the way it was meant to be used but he used it in the way that showcased everything he maximized its potential yes absolutely he's really he's really awesome yeah that was that was yeah when when he has his own moments he's on so that that was like really special to see like a lot of that and oh yeah like a lot of the skating that day I have a quick, uh, because we were just talking about the flat ground stuff, so I wanted to pick your brain on this for a second. In a bit, not right away because we're having a good time right now, but we're going to get to questions from other people. I've already been looking at the chat. People have a lot of questions for you. But before we get into those questions, um, so speaking of the flat ground and growing on that, Mm -hmm. how I know you experimented with like some of the bigger wheels stuff, some of the wizard stuff a little bit just recently, right? And uh, I'm wondering what's your experience with that and and uh, yeah, how far you can see yourself taking that or, or, or what you what. Yeah, just what your experience has been like with that, because I've yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I um, consider myself <laughs> I, by no means an expert like I like I uh, shouted out the people that I admire that I think are, are really making that type of approach look exciting. I'm, I'm still borrowing from them. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more content from them. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know if I'm the right person to ask about that, but I definitely see myself trying to expand on it more. I'm like, I, like, I, I think, I know some of the basic moves. I wouldn't say that I'm very technical with with it. There are people out there that are extremely technical. Um, Mike Torres has been bridging those universes together in his street skating for quite some time. Um, I think um, this one person I met recently at the Blade Cup who is really good at, at um, wizard moves and and not only doing wizard skating but also the bridge into to aggressive is uh 
uh, Elfie with Wispies. His name's Michael Kraft. He is a really talented skater. I've, I've in recent times been like paying attention to his stuff and I think he's really good at that. Um, I definitely wish I had more people in Philadelphia to do wizard skating with. Typically I, I find myself doing it alone when I go out, kind of just like finding some smooth ground, like a tennis court. That was my problem too with it. Yeah. It, it helps to have like a crew, not necessarily everyone's on board with it. Um, which is what it is, but I, um, I, I really think that having wizard frames is going to be like a fantastic introduction to learning those moves and those those tricks are actually like the fundamentals are on their website so like you could watch a tutorial where they're show and that's what i did for 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 some time like i would just um watch in slow motion like how to properly do a gazelle and the different variations and stuff like that and then i wanted to incorporate it into the street skating and i found that um this particular flat setup i ride is is pretty pretty good as far as getting the response for 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 some of those wizard moves and um, amazon again i'm sure <laughs> so basically i'm riding 58 millimeter flat dead wheels 92a on the outside and 95a in the middle and i wasn't a big believer in this technology and i'm now <laughs> kicking myself in the butt for it because my brother was actually telling me all along like this stuff's fantastic for wheel slides and um those sort of maneuvers but when you put the 95s in the middle it reduces chance for wheel bite because they're harder and that hardness over time also doesn't wear as quickly as the ones on the outside. So you get that banana rocker, which mm -hmm. is, in my opinion, extremely necessary for the gazelles and the, that, the pivot work. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I've, I found that um, to be a good, good setup if you're looking to bridge the worlds. I didn't notice that you were back on flat rocker. How long has that been happening? Because <laughs> uh, I remember you used yeah. to be flat Nazi, and then you went anti rocker yeah, yeah, yeah. for a long ass time. And I remember even like showing us the quality ride on it that you, you like can't believe you ride anti rocker now. Yeah, I I mean, did it, you only start riding flat because of the wizard frames? No, no. Um, I for I honestly forget how long it's been, but. I mean, you get it, with different technology, you get different responses. Um, I feel that you could put up an argument for like, especially middle wheel tricks with an Annie rocker setup, you can find different angles to position the backslide foot and the torque foot that you're not necessarily going to get with a flat setup, yeah. even, even with hard wheels. Mm -hmm. Um, they're still, e even if, if, even if you don't get wheel bite, it could bump you off if that makes yeah. sense. Um, but what we do to kind of fight that occurrence is also having loads of golf wax that you can get <laughs> at the, at your local supermarket or should be able to get at your, your local market. 
but that stuff's the best. Um, and it definitely helps with, with wheel bite on top of having a harder wheel in the middle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see you sliding around too. Cause one thing, uh, we kind of talked about this off camera before we started, but like being a transition wizard moves on any skate pretty much, including aggressive skates. And I find wheel slides extremely, not extremely easy, but way easier on big wheel skates than small wheel skates, like my regular aggressive skates. And I struggle with that all the time. You seem to do it very easily. You just have a lot of wax in your wheels or what? So like, I I also think though, if you have the banana, so let me ask you a question. Is your aggressive setup banana rockered? No. That might be the reason because some of those wheel slides, he's he's more or less putting the majority of the weight on the two middle wheels. Yeah. So it's a little less frictionless than if all your wheels are touching. Me personally, I don't like fresh wheels. Yeah, I, me too. I, I like the wheel. You got to break them in. After like three weeks. But I do have a, a, a flat uh, Aon 80 big wheel setup. It's not rockered. And mm -hmm. I can slide on them buttery. But still with the small wheels, I just can't do it. Huh. I don't know what the science is behind it or whatever. I just eat shit every, almost every time. And I watch your videos. You slide all day doing good wheel slides. And I look and I spe specifically look and you got these little dead wheels on. I'm like, how is he doing that so well? You also need to be um, in search of the right ground. Like there's certain yeah. areas that we would skate, say like at a street spot where it's like oh, wheel slides aren't going down. But if you have that kind of like toothy cement, like with little dusty almost, mm -hmm. like dusty. like like chalk almost, <laughs> like on the on the surface, like that helps. Um, I think tennis courts have that kind of mm -hmm. gritty, mm -hmm. toothy ground that's pretty conducive for that sort of thing. Um, marble works well. Like Sean did a extremely long one at Cecil yeah, B. More that. that, yeah. That ground is more or less like ice too which definitely helps mm -hmm. it's not like he did it like in like the middle of like some gritty street yeah so well let me ask you this then can we expect any wizard skating from you in any future basement projects Because i think that'd be really cool to see and it fits your whole style and vibe yeah or just the videos in general i i would absolutely love to to work on something like that sean and i um put out that little wizard snippet that turned into like a reel on our instagram, instagram. right yeah. yeah yeah which was really fun we just did it after work one day kind of goofing around he just got the brain dead wizards and he was all anxious to try them and we went out and just came away with a couple clips that turned into that but it was, it was really fun um i would i would definitely like to work on something it just you know like i Sean and I are are always working on a project together. So there needs to be partnership buy-in. Um, I wouldn't say it it would be impossible, but I we don't have anything planned at this moment in time. I was hoping he had something planned. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys have to excuse me for a second. I got to get this package before it gets stolen off my doorstep. Yeah, yeah. Just do your thing. <laughs> so yeah. talk about yourselves for a minute. We are in Staten Island still, where there's, you know, it's a drug problem, and uh, people like to steal things from the front porch. Yeah, yeah. It happens. No, get the package. Get the package. Yeah, man. But that's um, it's 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 cool to see all the progression, everything going uh, in that way. And it was like I said, a uh, spaceman two was awesome. Um, 
it seems like you guys are always working on new things with spacement, like updating the line, doing new and like being on top of the promotion. Like you can count on it. It's always something happening. Um, I, I know you said you're not working on anything with the wizard skating, but are you guys working on anything uh, for like the next basement project? I know winter's right around the corner, which might make things tough sometimes, but um. yeah. So with winter, obviously lots of skate park skating, right? It's easy to warm up at a skate park. It's meant to skate. Um, you can typically hit it at a nice hour when the sun is at its warmest and you don't have to worry about crowds because for most people, they're not going out to skate in those temperatures. So with all that being said, there has been discussion about potentially doing like a, a, a Zephyr style edit over the winter time. Don't hold me to it because we haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, but perhaps that could be something. That's cool. You yeah. got some ball skating in the winter like that. Regardless though of whatever project, definitely expect um, since it is winter here on the East Coast, more more park skating content. I don't know if you like that or don't like that, but it that's what's happening. Well, I think it actually works well too, um, because like so much of like the basement, uh, like the image of the brand and everything is like tied in with fashion heavy, mm -hmm. and I think I used to hate skating in the winter, and I still don't. I'm not the biggest fan, but like I'm like oh, okay, like I guess the. Um, you have more of an opportunity to kind of wear something different and sure. kind of present yeah, yourself sure. differently, which is like, you know, for me, like I, 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 was, I was like fashion deaf and blind for like ever. So I would just like want to skate what's comfortable skating shorts. Like, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. But it's like, as it gets warmer, like, oh, cool. You get to like skate in like a hoodie and like some nice pants and it looks, it looks, it looks different. It looks nice. Mm -hmm. And you get to kind of experiment with that. Absolutely. So. Yeah. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so funny how that can impact the vibe of your session but it's true um having having an attire that you're uh you're feeling definitely can set the mood off mm -hmm. definitely and winter you can definitely uh you know it's no shorter than layer up throw on. And, yeah <laughs> yeah no it's fun i'm 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 looking forward to it. Well, winter is a good opportunity for wizard skating also because you don't, there's no jump. You don't have to jump necessarily. You know, you don't really need much of a warm up. It's right. more wiggling around kind of. That, that is true. And we have some great places to do it, which I feel like they aren't hard to come by. Right. Just like a flat ground. Basketball court, tennis, co empty tennis They're pretty court. empty in the winter as well, yeah, I would yeah, assume. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. That's yeah, probably yeah. why these Canadians are so good at this shit. Because they like in the winter time they get all the tennis courts empty, the basketball courts, the parking lots. I be I believe it's pretty snowy. I think I just saw Todd skating like an old like he shared like an old video maybe of him skating in, saw in, a, in a skate park yeah. where there was like snow everywhere. He only skate like part of the skate park. And yeah, there's no yeah, yeah. Else. yeah. That's so cool. There, the, those those guys are a breath of fresh air. I love watching yeah. their stuff and. I'm mad that I haven't been so focused on their skating in the last 15 or so years and only the last like three or four or something like that. But um, yeah, definitely inspirational. That's that's what I love about like some of my favorite skaters aren't necessarily like sponsored brand rollerbladers. Like I think there's so many. It's not the biggest names. Like I, like a guy like Colin Martin. Mm-hmm. Like he invented like the 
compression coil theory stuff like that that's like super scientific revolutionary like he 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 if they could give like nobel prizes for like experimental work like he he deserves that recognition he he really in in a in a, in a, in, a, in a community that's i think challenging to be innovative in and come up with new ideas like he he really has some compelling thoughts really and approaches does. i i love that guy skating a lot it's cool to think about those people who who bring those new ideas and like then it, it kind of goes on and gets spread around and borrowed yeah and uh, just becomes like intertwined in, as a part of the culture I would like to build on that a little bit because we talked about how in a contest setting, like having like structured rules can help minimize, not completely alleviate controversy, but perhaps minimize it to an extent. Um, but, but then you have like this, this street skating element, which you don't win at street skating. It's something you give yourself to. You give like the, the most celebrated people are those that can share their approach and inspire somebody to want to try something new. Um, so it's it's interesting that we have all these different areas. I love how you said you don't win at street skating. No, you don't. <laughs> no, I never thought of it that way. You just give, <laughs> and what you get is 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 rewarding. That is true. What is your most rewarding aspect of skating now since you? have a i would say successful skating company clothing company you have you make your videos you go in the contest now you're trying different styles of skating what's your most rewarding aspect of skating at the moment i don't want to sound arrogant or like conceited and i'm sorry if it comes off that way but truthfully the most rewarding is after a video project watching my skating and then also being able to look at previous skating and make a comparison and, and i can see the progression and that makes me happy and satisfied and that's it's motivating to keep delivering in that manner and keep challenging myself to embrace new areas that i can focus on and what's it going to look like when i bring it in to my approach because after all i i, I think it's just layers and layers and layers like think about like learning how to jump gaps, like, right. You like jump a stair, then a two stair, then a three stair, and you keep layering it, layering it, layering it. Um, like after time, you learn so many grinds and you figure out different switch ups. And I, I'm, I'm just bewildered that the flat ground component hasn't gotten more popularity until recent times. Because it's it's such an obvious thing, mm -hmm. you're 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 connected to the ground with these wheels beneath your feet, and a lot of emphasis is is put into sliding on your plastic boots, which is freaking cool and super fun. But I, I I'm just surprised. Maybe maybe it was because we didn't want to associate with like rec skating or figure skating. I think skating. that's it. Mm -hmm. I think that's really it because. Blading had like to, I mean, at, at least definitely a big part of it mm -hmm. because, you know, we had like this, uh, we had to prove how like masculine we were unsuccessfully for like a really long time. Yeah. Like, believe us, we're tough. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah, yeah. we're really badass. Please, <laughs> please God, believe yeah. us. 
Um, and then it kind of got to a point where we're just like, okay, you know, no one can define or not because I think at some point someone's like, oh, we all realized that, you know, the biggest things were kind of happening and still no one gave a damn. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, might as well just have fun now mm-hmm. and just kind of play yeah. with it. And I think that, that w- which is what I was kind of describing earlier as like a risk, like to take that risk of trying something new or putting yourself out there in a vulnerable way that might not be received as the coolest because it's not in the zeitgeist of what's cool in the culture or what's acceptable and taking that and, and being like, here, I'm going to put kind of like my reputation as this guy, Colin Kelso, who, you know, 540, like 27 <laughs> stairs or whatever, <laughs> and all this other stuff, and then kind of bring this to it. And, and, and yeah, that's, that's kind of what I, I was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It makes it um, way more accessible too. I, I was going to say it before when you started talking about like flatland stuff, mm-hmm. because you could do flatland on a bike. You could do flatland on a skateboard, even like a scooter. And then skating, we always kind of needed like a ledge or like a rail of some sort to jump on and grind and do something or uh, stairs to spin off of whatever. You wouldn't really just go to a parking lot and 360 flat ground and like, okay, now what do I do? But now it's so easy. Like even like what I just said with winter time, like you don't really want to warm up and do all this crazy shit in the cold, but it's pretty easy. You don't got to find out a skate park to go to where you want to go. Simply pick a flat ground area and just mess around. Yeah. You know, yeah. put some music on on a Bluetooth speaker and just cruise around and swivel your feet around and, and you figure something out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I feel the future will be incorporating a lot more of of what wizard skating is 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 teaching us. I definitely see that being incorporated into aggressive a bit more. Mm-hmm. This actually leads uh, to a question I wanted to ask you uh, during this whole interview, and I think it's a good time to ask it. It's a good segue. Um, we are going to get to our our live guest questions in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but as someone who's very thoughtful about how you're putting out your skating, who's someone who's very committed to it for a very long time and um, doesn't seem like that's changing anytime soon. And you just mentioned the future and what do you, what do you think will be happening in the future in regards to like uh, the wizard, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the movements and uh, some of what will be embraced. What do you see? I think this is like a fun question, you know, for the, for the future of, of rollerblading um, in, in not only the way, people's approach to skating may change but in just where do you think we go because i think we're kind of and that's that question that could be kind of cringy at times where do we go but you know you mentioned the x games you mentioned the olympics mm-hmm. um i don't is that something you think about is that something that you've considered like what, what do you think two different questions that's, yeah that's a loaded one um yeah. well i think there's also going to remain um, well, look, those, those with those wizard tricks that are being bridged into the aggressive world are here. I don't think that when I said that, I think it'll be in the future. I didn't mean like in a general sense, like that everyone's going to adopt it. I meant like it, it's definitely going to be picked up and carried on. I definitely see that happening. Um, and I think you're still going to have, um, people that play the classics so to speak um i'm quoting my friend ben again because (laughs) i'm telling you that that podcast is is one of the 
very few that I'll I'll go back to and and listen to again. I think it has some really really good replay value and his ability to describe um, this this um, this topic of pedagogy I think makes sense and it's worth a listen. But uh, I I think skating is at a, a really unique place where you see new ideas being shared, borrowed, um, integrated, but I also see it being done in, in ways where, what's the, how do I explain it? Like, like Dominic Bruce is a character, like Sean Darst, Alex Broskow is a character. Like they have like this presence to them, like regardless of which way they focus or position their skating to the, the the audience at large. Like they're just so great at what they do and they've really become their own people. That's just like to name a couple. Like I obviously think you guys have your own individualized approach and style to skating that is uniquely you. Um, and I think when people get to a point where you can actually have that where it's widely known like this is this person this is their brand this is what they're into like that's that's an accomplishment in itself i think we're going to continue to have people that are individuals and contributors in their own special light and i think it's all incredible and amazing and it's all vital to to the future because you need diversity and different ideas and you need people to protect and and question so it's good if you don't agree with it and it's good if you want to hold true to this certain approach like i like when people vehemently protect their vision and an idea for skating you should because that means you care so i think we'll continue to see that and hopefully rollerblading could get maybe a little more attention like uh, x games publicity would be good um i think i'm quoting arlo here but he said it might not necessarily be the most credible representation of our sport but it's definitely fantastic at attracting new participants and consumers and then core brands can then benefit from those potential consumers that would eventually get filtered to them so I, I would love to see it go that direction. And I think being organized and thoughtful in everything we do is going to play a role in eventually getting us there. I love that. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I don't, are you going to say something? Um, not of importance. Okay. No. <laughs> so um, I think it would be, unless you have something else to say, I could talk to you. You're, you fascinate me, not only as like a, a friend, but as a skater and yeah, then yeah. someone, you know, it, it, it takes me back to uh, the freestyle rolling. We were having like similar conversations. Yeah, yeah. You and I chatting on a couch. Yeah, I should have put that on like that scene on looping the screen in the background between you two. That would have been about perfect. About the philosophies of skating. Here we are doing it again. With stacks of t-shirts oh, behind you. We always you had incredible wall. combos. Yeah. I just, and then I've always appreciated your, your thoughtful Ditto. take on skating. Ditto. But um, 
We can uh, move I, on to questions. I, I think it, it would be good at this time to like not keep all the questions for us asking because I think some people also want are curious about some things with you if that's okay. Bring it on. And then I would also like to shout out uh, our sponsor for this episode, Blank. Shout out to Blank. Um, if you're watching us live, please hit the like button. If you're not watching us live, you could also hit the like button. Subscribe, like, uh, five star us, and become a Patreon if you want. We just want to keep making shows. Before we do questions, we have the Patreon questions, super chats. You know, we get to them first. We split our super chats with our guests. And one thing I wanted to ask you about before we jumped into these questions, Colin, was kind of on the contest tip, but more about like the events thing, because there was years where you were just like stuck in Philly, almost like you didn't go anywhere, didn't do anything, had no interest in anything. All of a sudden, like a year or two ago, you're at like every event now. You're out there smiling. You got a basement booth here. You're actually competing in the contest now. Like what has changed in your perspective that you do all this now compared to the last like 10 or so years? Because I feel like I haven't seen you at a contest in like since look, like look, winter clash back in the day I'm, or something. I'm embarrassed to say this, but it truthfully is, um, I think, because of um, drinking. Not that I was like some raging alcoholic or anything but like i like to party and have a good time and i really just think that i was indulging perhaps a little bit more than i could on the weekends after a hard work week and it it just wasn't that motivating to wake up even just a little bit like you can feel it at least i can um and I'm not condemning that or saying that everybody needs to do that. I'm just saying for me personally, since you asked, I I would associate it with that. It's it's definitely true. Like if you're uh even if you're like, you know, not drinking during the week, you offer like a Friday and you have like a few drinks, you don't wake up like on Saturday like, let's rip. Yeah. <laughs> you wake up on Saturday like, ugh, like all right, some breakfast, you know, take a shower, like and then and then when you go to the skate park, you're not as energized as you are if like you know, like there'll be times where like, I'll be on a, I'm not drinking, I'm eating healthy. I'm waking up, I'm, I'm working out. And like you wake up with energy ready to skate and you can, you, you, you it shows in your skating. You, mm -hmm. could, you could feel it and you feel the difference. Even if it's, you don't have to be like a raging alcoholic. Like you could just feel like as you get to this age of uh, two or three beers and then the next day and you're like, uh, mm -hmm. I'll lay in a little, an hour longer in yeah. bed or like 30 minutes long. Just like it yeah. just does, you don't wake up with that energy to like, go after it and this is coming from somebody who like doesn't drink a lot myself mm -hmm. like i always didn't understand how drinking got so involved with skating in the sense that like you know everyone just kind of drinks all the time sometimes at the sessions too because i was just watching spokes by david sizemore his latest video they just put out i don't know if you guys seen it yeah, it's yeah. one of the fucking best videos i've ever seen loved it and the entire video in between they're always drinking and like, like a street skating drinking too, yeah. like not even just like afterwards, like you go to the bar or a restaurant and, and drink afterwards. And I'm like, how are these guys skating so good and drinking so much? Like they don't seem to like mesh, you know, from the outside. But how does it work? I don't get it. You'd have to ask them. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not the only people who do well, that, by the way. Other people do that as well. Just they, I just noticed that recently. Well, yeah. I think um, to some things like it's culture, like, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, some in European culture, drinking can be has a different approach to mm -hmm. it, like than maybe American that has more of an excessive approach. The work could be 
it might look abusive. It might of. look like there's a lot of beers at that session, but mm-hmm. they probably just got like a six pack and there's six guys, and mm-hmm. they might like had a beer. And I'm sure they'll have like a couple more, but. When they're skating, they're not drunk. That's that's for sure. Yeah, but, but I wouldn't imagine so. I, I think it's something along the lines like after a few spots, and it's like, all right, we've got some clips ready. Let's get a six pack. Have like you know, like whatever, something like that. But um, it's that kind of culture can be unhealthy depending on how how it goes. But it, it exists in a lot of other communities. Like I thought, like um, oh maybe like rollerbladers can drink too much. And then I was like going to like bike messenger communities and it's like way worse. And then mm. like you go to like in like some music, if you're playing music or traveling, like that's there a lot too. Yeah. Like, you know, and not everyone partakes. There are people who don't drink in skating. People don't drink in music. But um, I think it's just like for whatever reason tied into maybe because we're spawned from like like skateboarding to some degree. It's like all ties into like the culture of. And to what makes it attractive to some mm-hmm. people in some way. Like, it's like this rebellious, chaotic, like, it's not like the traditional, you know, like, bladers or skaters aren't getting, like, the tr- traditional, like, football players, usually basketball guys who, like, go and show up. Like, a lot of the mantras going around with skating was like, oh, I never liked being on a team. Remember that? Like, mm-hmm. everyone's like, I never liked coaching, being a coach. I like doing my own thing. That was, like, kind of like the skating mm-hmm. mantra with, uh, with, with rollerblading or skating. But yeah, you're, I don't know. I don't know the answer. <laughs> it was always like um like um something that was there as celebratory after a day of exploring right. new lands and right. conquering these obstacles. You're kind of like a Viking. Yeah. See right. that I kind of understand. <laughs> you got, you got like a cut on your elbow. <laughs> yeah. you, you went to battle. Yeah. Just <laughs> gone to battle with the spot. Yeah, and, and yeah. then and then you huddle around a computer. While the filmer captures the footage, mm-hmm. and you 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 talk about it, it's ceremonial. It it has like this bonding, camaraderie right. type thing to it. So, I I, th- I think I just got a little too caught up in those fun moments, and it became something that I I had to check myself on. Damn, you just mentioned like uh, I'm sure you still do it too because you you skate with Colin. All, I mean, Sean all the time, and you're always filming, watching each other's clips. And you just said that, like, after the session you watch, you huddle around the computer. I, since we're all in the same room, I instantly just thought back to, like, staying at your parents' house when we were filming, like, The Truth yep. One. And, like, we would go in the little iMac upstairs and Sean would be capturing the footage. And we would all just, like, watch the clips and shit from the day. I just got that flashback just because you mentioned that. And I guess yeah. we're all in the same room together. So Rob has some memories. And it gets you pumped. You're, like, thrilled. Like, your adrenaline's up. You're like, I can't wait to wake up tomorrow and do this again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something really fun about that. It's cool. Those were the days. Those were the days. But let's jump into questions. If you're good for it, Con, yeah, you up shoot. for this? Yeah, let's do it. We're going to do some Patreon questions first because we prioritize uh, on Patreon. If you're interested in becoming part of our Patreon community, click the link in the description or go to patreon.com slash podcast. But first question is from Dan Barnes, who says, you and Sean have been powerhouse in the skating industry for over two decades and particularly in Philly. How is the scene in Philly these days? And how do you always seem to be skating new spots in every edit? Keep rolling, Colin. Wow, Dan Barnes. One of the DB. One of the nicest backslides in the game. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know Dan. Um well thank you, number one. Um really appreciate you sharing those kind words. I'm I'm just very fortunate to have a brother like Sean, who is just as deeply passionate 
about skating as I am. Um, the scene in Philadelphia is a um, few couple friends. Majority were just skating skate parks together. But for this recent project that Sean and I worked on, Spaceman 2, it was just primarily him and I going out because our work schedules are pretty much parallel to one another. So when he's off, I'm typically off, which allows us to meet up, link, go to skate spots. Um, we have a pretty good understanding of Philadelphia, so it's not hard to navigate and find new things. One, one thing you may have noticed, and perhaps you're wondering like how we might have navigated, say, New York or Baltimore, um, there's actually a website, I think it's called findskatespots.com, mm -hmm. where you could look up spots in Baltimore. So what we would do was we'd make a list of all like these iconic spots that we wanted to hit. And then as we were on route to hitting all these spots, anything that kind stood out. Mm -hmm. So it was a bit of premeditation and improv, but that's pretty much the formula we've been using these days. And it seems to be working. Yeah, I was curious about that, too, because I noticed that you always find new skate spots generally. And I'm like, damn, because that's like one of the hardest parts of street skating for me, at least anyway, like hunting down new spots. That takes a lot of energy, you know? Yeah. Especially when you live in a big city like like Philly or New York, we have to actually cover a lot of ground to check out new spots, you know? Absolutely. Uh, we have the next Patreon question from Dan Bond, who I think mixed you and Sean up. So I'm going to reverse the names, how it's written out. <laughs> <laughs> but so you and Sean have done an almost uncountable number of NBDs and every section has a ton of new NBDs. For anyone who doesn't know, NBD has never been done. Who else has as many NBDs as you and Sean and which tricks have you done that you don't think you could ever replicate again? Oh, gosh. Um, probably. Well, that, that one, that's a very tough question because I would need to know what you're calling NBD. And if I also think it's an NBD, you know what I mean? Because I've seen this happen where people think it's an NBD, but maybe it wasn't. So one of the things that I want to be extremely careful about is, is taking credit for something when it's not properly due. I try to do like personal MBDs, not so much as like compare it to other people. I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I, 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 we would need like a fact checker of some kind um, to, to, and we need to be specific about what, which, which tricks we're referring to that are our MBDs. I, I, if there was something in, in specific you, you had in mind, I could tell you, but in general, I, I, that's a tough one. NBD is the way you skated tough too, because like, just for example, you doing uh, a Christ backslide, landing Christ fakie out like that's probably an nbd even though it's not a huge hammer you know for example oh you know what here's something good to cite so um in my recent part i did a fakey front farf to toe press wheel slide mm -hmm. i, I was I gonna say next also <laughs> did a royale to heel press wheel slide mm -hmm. on a on a bench as well and um 
Chris Edwards had come up to me. Shout out Chris Edwards mm-hmm. and that cool vert trick that he did with like a like that like cess cross toe slide yeah. thingy, whatever that was called. That was dope. Um, so he came up to me and was like, "Wow, like I've I've done those on vert before, but I've never seen anyone do them on a street spot." And he mm-hmm. referred to one of the tricks as a Melvin. I forget what the other one was called. There's like camel toe and a Melvin. I, I think that was it. Camel yes. toes, the toes, Melvin's the heels. That, that was it. So. So like, are those NBDs? Because I would probably give Edwards the credit for those tricks. And I'm just a street skater that applied that borrowed information and demonstrated it on a street obstacle. That's like, true. is that worthy of counting? I, I don't know. But regardless. I would say, yeah, because like, you know, one of like your most famous NBDs is the, the street 900. You know, 900s had happened before that. Yeah, that's true. You actually. still get that credit as a street 900 because, to your point earlier, like these are different things than when it happens on like a, a vert ramp and, and on street. And so I think that's makes sense there, but you have to specify it. It's not like the first toe press ever done, but it's the first uh, grind of toe press on street or something like that. And And I would definitely like circle back to some earlier Canadian skating, like especially from Danny Beer, because there's things that. I recently did like a Danny Beer binge watch and visited some of his old edits. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like he did that then? Like, um, and I'm sure that if you went into the archives of Mushroom Blading and some of those other guys that you could probably find something that would um, myth bust the NBD. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if most of these things came from Canada, in fact, I'm, I'm probably certain that they all have. I feel like DL was one of the earlier guys and then they just all went to Canada. Like, you know, I feel like DL <laughs> sure. had a big impact on Canada, but they also like did their, cause I think one of like the first guys I saw that was maybe, I don't know if it was before Joey and, and Todd, cause they've been around for a while. But when I first saw um, Matthew, Lado. Oh yeah. Like when he was like really big clothes and using his hands, like mm-hmm. you know he was doing like the some of the par- Kongs parkour, and parkour and stuff, moves, yeah. and yeah, they've always just had their own approach, like the whole Canadian scene. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It incredible. He he's he's also a really really inspiring person to watch. We need Matt on the show too, by yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Next coming up guest. I know we tried before, but yeah. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. No, that's good. <laughs> Throw that out. I, there. I I agree. Get him on. Yeah, he, I think he was in the chat before. I don't know if he still is. But um, we're going to head to our Super Chat questions. And first one is from your boy, Tree Tree Rudolph, who says, Hey, Colin, you're the GOAT. How often do you have a trick in mind before getting to the spot versus skating somewhere for a bit and figuring out a clip to film? I'll be curious to see the process. Um, yeah. So... There are some times when I'll show up to a spot with an idea and it'll go down in the manner in which I thought. And that's, that's, that can be interesting and fun and, and, and cool to have. Um, specifically in recent times, I did like the, the shuffle alley-oop rewind on that rail. Like I purposefully went to do that on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's other times like any street skater knows you're going to run up on a spot and 
you'll look at it and then you'll be like, oh, wow, it would be really cool if this happened. And 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 then you go after trying to to perform the set act you set out for. But then after tinkering, you're like, wait a minute, I should actually do this instead. So sometimes it's a mix of premeditative thought. Sometimes the initial idea doesn't turn into the final idea. Um, I really just try to think about the skills that I've acquired over the years and how I can use them to make different obstacles come to life in my vision. So that's primarily the process. It's a mix of, like I said, premeditated thought and improv. Mm -hmm. uh, next super chat from Christopher Candia, who says, uh, what are you both doing to stay fit in regards to dieting or exercise? Love and miss you both. Oh, I guess talking about you and Sean. Candy, yeah. He's uh, the homie from Kansas City. Um, hope you're doing well, Chris. It's good to hear from you. Thank you for the question. Um, typically, I like to get in a lot of cardio exercise. I uh, did hop on the Peloton bandwagon, and I feel... You and Sean? Because I know Sean does it too. Yeah. Yeah, he got on it. He got on it after I did because of how much I, I loved it. It's the best, isn't it? I have it's, one right in the yeah, other room. It's, it's, I feel that those bikes are good for a couple reasons because it's not high impact on your joints. Like yeah. you need your knees. So like jogging or running, which are good high cardio exercises, might not be the best if you're trying to um, use the benefits you're getting for like something like street skating. So I definitely would say the bike has been beneficial for me because I can burn anywhere in a 45-minute time block to an hour, somewhere between 500 to 700 calories. Um, that's just me personally. I know other people that go at it harder can, can maybe do more or maybe do less. I mean, it's, it's like how much you want to put in. But typically, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm doing on a, a regular basis, like day-to-day. And then just like going into the grocery store and um, buying non-processed foods. I love to cook. Did you um, actually change your diet? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, when, when, I guess when, you know, after a night of drinking, you're like, oh, I want a cheesesteak or some pizza and let's just order it. It's easy. We're hanging low. Like, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, so I've started cooking more. Um, being cognizant of eating more vegetables. Um, I still love dairy products. I'm, I'm, I'm not a health expert, by the way, so please don't take me for one. But <laughs> we'll I put just, a disclaimer at the bottom. Of I this. follow a couple little principles. Like I want to be light on my skates, so burn a lot of calories and eat non-processed foods. And that's pretty much the, the extent to my health. I do a little light um, weightlifting, like anywhere from three to 10 pounds just to stay a little bit. Toned. I can tell. Really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, Making me blush. That's funny. I was going to say, cause, uh, Sean was, I remember one of the last time I skated Philly with you guys, uh, Sean was big on working out at the time. I don't know if he still oh, is. Oh, he's an animal. He still is. Oh yeah. He's got to show off those tattoos also. So you gotta, he, your body's gotta be straight. He is con He lifts heavier weights and does it a lot more frequently than me. I'm I don't like do it for more than probably like 20 minutes every other day or something like that. It's true though. You, t you can tell the difference when like you're light on, on your feet. Like 
um, not too long ago, I got COVID, and when I when I was sick, I, I didn't have an appetite, mm-hmm. so I ate like once a day, and I was like skipping breakfast and just drinking a lot of water, and I lost like ten pounds. Mm-hmm. And skating was like a lot of fun. Like after yeah. like getting rid of like some of that extra weight, you yeah. know, I was like, dang, like my like ankle thing that gives me problems in my knee was like not the same at all. It didn't feel like a problem at all, and just like moving around i was just like oh man i want to i want to stay light on my feet so i know what yeah. you mean yeah i i definitely um probably eat one semi large meal a day like typically in the morning i'm my my go to thing is like greek yogurt and some bananas it's just like maybe a little granola some little drizzle of honey if i'm feeling <laughs> crazy Damn. but no like that that that's it's a low calorie thing it's good for you and um it can get you through the day and then then i'll come home after a day's work and cook and what about some wings i i i, I am not frying my wings these days oh i am baking you them. bake them yes i have one of those little um not even air fry I don't have an air fryer but i bought um one of those baking sheets that has like the raised little the tray thing like like yeah. the, the wire rack yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um and they, they turn out good mm. i get my wing fixed that way nice you guys yeah. both need a culinary channel billy's breakfast and <laughs> colin's culinary <laughs> all right cool uh next question we have we're done with the super chat questions for now at least uh this one is from i don't know how to say this name but i'll say t chenka podcast who asked uh, Colin, what is the best and worst part of having a brother that skates as good as you? The best and worst part? Well, the best part is... I love this question. <laughs> is having... Oh, this is going to get funny. So the best part about it, obviously, is having a best friend that's available to skate, typically when you are, who is just as passionate about it as you are. We definitely push each other and feed off of each other, and we have... Just great conversations in general that have pushed us through all these years to keep going at the momentum we are going. Now to get to the downside of it, and this is where we are going to sound like an old married couple. Um, (laughs) The things that we choose to fight about are things that people would probably be like, oh my gosh, that's like so petty or so trivial. But um, framing of clips comes into into question often and my ability specifically to pick a first frame if i'm not on point the first time i definitely go through a a scolding that leads to arguments at times um where it would probably be pretty embarrassing if we weren't alone and other people were watching this go down we've witnessed this a few times yeah oh you guys should have like a behind the scenes, like almost like the B-roll section of like a video where it's like you and Sean arguing about this stupid <sighs> shit. Like you chop my head off, you chop my feet off Filmi- here. Filming arguments comes up. Sometimes like our ideas for music selection, but not so much that, I don't know, just like little petty arguments or sometimes we'll take like shallow stabs at each other's skating <laughs> i've witnessed that before too <laughs> damn people don't know the half of it where where it it turns into like us defending our philosophies and ideals and values and it's it's just goofball nerdy stuff but i, I wouldn't even call it a downside because sometimes those those arguments 
happen because we just care and it and it makes a better product in the end because we have had them so i, I don't know brother stuff yeah brother stuff. brother stuff yeah your brotherly brother arguments stuff. are epic from what i remember <laughs> back in the day um there should be a reality show on, on youtube doing that uh we have we're gonna do a couple more questions uh another super chat just came in from chase foley who asked in like five years oh, oh hang on i read that wrong um, how do you envision Colin Kelso in five years in and out of blading? What you thinking? My five, Oh, my five year plan. <laughs> Colin, do you have a five year plan? Um, <laughs> in terms of skating, it's just to continue skate. Oh, by the way. Hi, Chase. Um, thank you for the question. Hope you're doing well. Chase is, um, has designed some graphics for basement in the past. In fact, he, was the first artist we've ever reached out to for any type of um, design uh, feedback. And he, he did the B with the, the leaves. But yeah, no, I mean, I mean, yeah, just staying healthy and able to skate. And I want to continue working on video projects with Sean because that is really what makes our hearts sing. And that is, you can definitely expect that. Uh, as long as we're healthy and able, we'll we'll be out there making video projects. But as for as far as like some like formal five year plan, um, I guess maybe maybe or if you're thinking in terms of a business perspective, perhaps. So let me answer it that way. So in terms of growing basement, because typically that's what people would they want to know your growth and development with a five year plan. So. Yeah, no, there's no plans to expand. Basement is self-sustaining. So we're very content with the amount of merchandise that we're producing. We don't depend on it to pay, say, our electric bill. So there aren't any plans to grow, but we would like to collaborate with more like-minded individuals and companies that we admire and respect because those projects are always fun. So hopefully a bit more of that, but nothing, nothing formal, nothing documented. And we're just looking to stay self-sustaining. You're hired. Boom. Uh, we're <laughs> going to do like a couple more questions. There's some, a couple of good ones in here. Then we could do our little Patreon video with Colin. We didn't even ask you about that, by the way. So we, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Let's do it. But um, so this one is from, I just had here, Lander asks, where did Galazzo come from? Do you like soccer? I don't even know if that's how you say it correctly. So, is that how you say it? Did I, Galazzo? That, okay. I, I believe that's the yeah. the correct pronunciation. So, um, when we were recently not recent, I guess, I guess yeah, in recent years we were we were um, asked to collaborate with Dead, and it only made sense, obviously. Alex is someone who we've grown close to over the years. He is um, one of the driving forces behind that brand. So um, it's always, always um, a pleasure to work and produce some type of video content alongside him, just because we have so much respect and admiration for, for that guy. And um, when we heard that we could get um, our people together, like Matt Luda, um, it just made sense um, that we would say yes to something like that. But but needless to say, they wanted to do soccer jerseys. Um, I, I think 
there was some signals in the market that would have suggested soccer jerseys were <laughs> hip and popular. So um, I guess running off that concept, we knew we were going to do those jerseys and have an away and a home team. And obviously, like we got the, the home team jerseys because we were filming the project in Philadelphia. And then the guys that were coming into town got the away jerseys. So just like running off that idea. I didn't even grasp that concept. I remember I was there when you guys got the, the jerseys, too. I didn't notice that that was the concept. There was a home and away. Yeah, jerseys. yeah, yeah. There, there's yeah, there was definitely like a lot of thought put into it and purpose behind it. But um, Sean and I went to Target and bought one of those little foosball tables and put a dead sticker in the middle of it and titled um, the video Galazzo because it's um, I, the definition of a Galazzo is like a unique goal. Like when you score a goal in a very unique way, I believe that's the definition. What, so, is it, what does that have to do with soccer then? We we just wanted to run off the strength that jerseys were hip, and we wanted to incorporate that into the marketing. And it made sense that we would open it up with a home, like with like a home team and an away team yeah. playing a game. Cool. I I, I thought I like there was that. like a a soccer team or something like that. I, I didn't know. I, that's why I was curious about the reference too, as he was asking the question. I mean, I'm not um, a soccer or or football fan. Um, particularly, but I'm also not like a big fan of sports in general. So don't take offense to that. <laughs> I'm the same way too. You could have said whatever right there. And I would have been like, okay, sure. I agree. The U.S. Uh, team is looking good this year. In the is World it? Cup. They're looking good. Gotta say, had a good showing against England. Zero, zero, but still. a lot of controversy going on with the Qatar shit. No. Oh, that's all I know about soccer right now. I don't know anything about guitar. <laughs> all I know is it rhymes with guitar. That's <laughs> actually, that's not even how you say it. It's cutter oh, when you you're actually there. But um, I have one more question here. I don't know if you had any other things there, Billy, that you saw. But this one kind of interested me from Justin Johnson, who asks, do you have any missing clip or clips that someone like Adam Johnson just never used that you would love to see the light of day? I don't know why he specified Adam Johnson. <laughs> um... Unless John, Justin Johnson is Adam Johnson on the low. So there isn't anything that I can think of off the top of my head that hasn't seen the day of light. Does that wait? Day of light? Light of yeah, light, light of day. Same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing that really stands out because it's been quite some time since Sean and I have been donators of footage, we've been taking things into our own hands since we've done collaborative work with you when the truth was initially sparked off. So that was the last video you worked on with someone else. But, but we had, we had reins, like we had some skin in the game with that because yeah. it was like a partnership. Yeah, our thing, yeah. It not, it like in, in previous times before that, it was like, okay, dump the footage with the sponsor and then they'll be responsible for piecing, chopping, editing, yeah. et cetera. So, um, and, and honestly, even if there was something I could think of, I, I it's, it'd be so old and so long ago, I, Forgot wouldn't, I wouldn't even care. No Majet clips, Majet's not hiding anything from you. You know what we do? <laughs> what it, It's more of something that we're hiding, but before Sean and I were in our first 
sold video, which was distributed through action video action sports, which was apprehensions. We made a ton of like hometown crew videos with people we grew up skating with people we went to high school with. Um, and there's like a whole series of, of videos that we have that are, I don't believe they're available to watch online somewhere, but we used to have this little, uh, I don't even know how we thought, I don't think I had a say in it, but our, like the older guys in our crew came up with this video series called the medical moose is on the loose. (laughs) (laughs) What was that concept? If you can, if you can get in touch with Scott Jobber Hines, ask him why, (laughs) because I, to the life of me, I can't think why it was ever called that. (laughs) <laughs> i know you shout out scott Hines. yeah you and um sean been talking about for a while that you were going to do something with that old footage and mixing it as some sort of basement video of some sort because we've watched some of that footage before at the house back in the day i remember watching it i feel like some of the clips might have seen the light of day on like some sort of social media form but maybe i think either you or sean or both of you have been talking about um incorporating some of that footage into some sort of project like a serious project of some sort I don't know if you guys still did that or I just made that up. At this point in time, I think it could be cool to put them online, but like footage like that, I think would be best served if we were to ever do some kind of like lifetime documentary, like through the ages type. <laughs> when you two retire, we'll utilize that footage. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, we, we haven't really like had like this like idea that's like, oh my God, this is, this is how to do it or, or any of that. We're still just focused on trying to like make progressive edits and, you know, like kind of like what we, we've been doing, just like yeah. filming new skating, not necessarily recycling things for the sake of telling like a story. Okay. So if anyone wants to make a Kelso Brothers documentary, that footage might, you know, be seen by everybody. We have it. So it's, it's, it, that's a good thing. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot. You're holding out on a lot of stuff. Um, I think that's all for questions that we have for now. I just want to give a quick shout out real quick, little, little thing happening. Uh, Tim Parker's in the chat. Shout out Tim Parker, because if anybody knows, I think he started the first rollerblading podcast. Rolling Revival. Yeah. So we wouldn't be here for people like Tim Parker. He's doing Rolling Revival like 15 years ago or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. So just a little thing I wanted to point out right there. Shout out Tim Parker. Um, Colin, before we bounce out of here and move on to our other Patreon stuff, um any last words you want to say to anybody watching right now i don't want to put you on a spot or anything but you knew this was coming i think the future is bright i think as we continue to age people are becoming wiser more knowledgeable more organized and i think if you've chose to incorporate the hobby of rollerblading into your lifestyle Feel proud and good about it, and that's about it. Yeah, that's how I feel. Love that. Colin, thank you very much for joining us on this episode. To our Patreon members, we're going to be watching a couple of sections with Colin exclusively for our Patreon community. So if you would like to be a member of our Patreon community, you can do so for $3 and join us. As little as $3. It could be more. It could be less. Well, not less. It could be more, though. <laughs> we prefer more. Oh, also, I wanted to uh, tag along on that real quick um, because there's been a few Patreon members of ours who um, 
we need like your address to send whatever it is, like your welcome package, some stickers, even some of our monthly supporters um, don't have your addresses on there. So we can't send you anything or you don't answer our messages. So if you are on Patreon, I just want to let you know um, if you feel like you have deserved any of these things and you are wondering where they are, please check your Patreon accounts because we probably slid in your DMs and you haven't heard anything. So I just wanted to throw that out there cool. for anybody. So sorry about that, Billy. I didn't want to interrupt. It's okay. I just want to get that out there. Colin, thank you very much. It's been an honor. Um, Feelings mutual. The jacket's great. When some people in the chat were asking about it, is that going to be available? This oh. this is from a previous drop. Um, we typically are one and dones when it comes to the clothing we make. So All right, so um, keep your eyes sharp. Yeah. If you see it out there, get it before it's gone because you're never going to see it again. <laughs> I know. I also said I missed out on the red hoodie. At Blading Cup. Yeah. I know. I saw that. I'm like, that's sick. You only have like 10XL left or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta be fast. But thank you to Blank for sponsoring this episode. Be sure to check out the 2023 Blank Team Skate, blankrollingproducts.com. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Later, everyone. Peace.